Well, we are in week three of the Be Thankful series. And I'm excited about this series because uh, I picked out this series and the more I work on the series, the more I design this series, the more we're working on it as a team, I know that this series was written especially for me. And uh, <clears throat> I'm just letting you kind of listen in because this series is just what I need and maybe it's just what you need too. In week one, we took a look at Be Optimistic. We talked about getting off of the negativity train. Our world is so negative, and it's easy to be swept away in that negativity train. We kind of obliterated a family favorite story about the train that could, you know, and instead of the, I think I can, I think I can, we kind of chanted the, I think it's bad, I think it's bad, I think it's bad, and how we needed to get off of that train and to learn that, of all people, we who are connected with Jesus Christ have every reason to be optimistic, so we have optimism to bring. Last week, Doug Freeman did a fabulous job on Be Grateful. He reminded us that we need to make sure that those things that we want that we don't have don't rob us from all that God has already given us, that we are grateful for everything that God provides. What a great reminder there. Well, today we're going to be on Be Encouraging. And like I've already said, this message is for me. And if you want to listen in, great. I'm really, really glad you're here. <clears throat> now, I say this because uh, this past week um, I ran into some thoughts that were just uh, really convicting. And um, if it's hard for you to follow a pastor that uh, struggles in these areas, um, just remember I'm trying to follow the pastor, our chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I am trying to live out our mission, which is to move by taking steps from wherever we are to where God wants us to be, what that means is we're trying to be more like Jesus. I have a whole lot of steps to go. And so I want to just be transparent and describe that in a little bit more detail. To do that, here is what really convicted me this week. I read a little thing that was just a short thing about two words about South Africa and how they greet each other in the tribe of Zulu. Here are the two words. Sawubona. I'm not pronouncing it correctly probably because I only read it. I don't know how it's actually stated. And Sikhona. And Sawubona I mean, imagine just like in their culture, they get so used to saying these things. It's a little bit like how we greet each other. How are you? We don't really mean it. You know, we just are kind of like saying, hi. We don't really mean how are you. We just kind of use it. I wonder if they kind of slip into it too. But they have this greeting that means something. And I imagine we need to get a hold of this meeting. Because their greeting is this. When they say, Sawabona, they're saying, I see you. I see you. And then the response to the I see you is, I am here. Now, you need to understand what that means. The I am here means, until you see me, I don't really exist in your presence. But when you see me, now I exist in your presence. Now, the reason why this is so incredibly convicting to me is, you knew this about me already, but it's like new information for me. You know, like, I go walking through the hallways, you know, and I'm like this man on a mission. I'm all stuck in my head on a Sunday in particular. In my head, I got this stuff going through me, and then I'm going, typical Jim Hammond fashion, choom, 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 choom. somebody says, hey, and I go, hey, and, 
and you see it. I don't even see it. I'm totally unconscious of this man on a mission, total introvert who is uh, task-oriented, and I've got this mission, and I don't see you. And you think, he doesn't like me. That has nothing to do with it. I'm just, to this week, I graduated, and I graduated from being unconsciously incompetent to being consciously incompetent. <laughs> and it hurts. Okay, so in this graduation process, it was like, these things that you already knew about me, and you just thought I didn't like you, I love you, I really do. Uh, it's just that I'm, I'm stuck in me. And something has to shift inside of me to where I'm more like Jesus, to where I really see you. In Jesus' day, the religious leaders of his day, they treated the commoner, the sinner, as if they were just a fixture, furnishings, not really people. They didn't interact with them. But then came Jesus. And Jesus, the savior of sinners, sees them as souls. And he didn't have to say, Sabubona. He didn't have to say, I see you. By the way he looked at them, by the way he treated them, by the way he interacted with them, they were riveted to him because there was a sense which he knew they existed. He knew they were meaningful. He knew that God had created them. They were eternal souls. There's nothing on this planet more valuable than you. And I see you. I'm willing to die for you. And Jesus gave off this impression as he walked through life. And people were drawn to him because it wasn't just a greeting. It was who he is. Oh, I've got so many steps to take in this area. I graduated to where I know that I need steps in this area. And so now I've got to start working on this area to be better at encouraging and encouraging and connecting and seeing instead of being stuck in my head on a mission bumping along and not making any difference personally our focus for today god calls you to be an encourager god calls you to be an encourager now we're going to start with some place that i already know Everybody agrees. So I love when I can do that because it's, everybody's on my team already. Here's the point. Point number one. You all agree with this already. Encouragement is a good thing. Right? Is there anybody that disagrees? I mean, we love it when somebody encourages us. It's a good thing. We actually feel really good when we get it right. I encouraged that person. It's a good thing. I did it right for once. They were encouraged. Hoo-ha. It's a good thing. I don't have to use scriptures to convince you that encouragement is a good thing, but I'm going to. Here we go. Paul wrote 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 6. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside, fears on the inside. Let's pause right there. How many of you have ever experienced that? Battles on the outside, fears on the inside. You know what I love about Paul. This is the Apostle Paul. He has everything he needs. He has the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's just totally honest. Man, we were having battles on the outside, fears on the inside. Oh, go, Paul. Thank you. You validated my experience. I feel that, too. The world is so, so harsh. The world just tears me apart and brings me down and negative, negative, and I'm just feeling battles from the outside. And it's so large in front of me, this mission, that I feel totally inadequate and there's fears on the inside. But God, who encourages those 
who are discouraged encouraged us by the arrival, I'll put insert, of my good friend Titus. Okay? So Paul is saying, God specifically encouraged me by sending Titus in a timely way. Oh, we needed my good friend to show up. And he, God, was the one that encouraged. Now, this is really remarkable. God who encourages those who are discouraged. Now, I'm going to coach you right now because I'm going to tell you like this, the ooh-ah, spiritual truth statement. I'm going to put it on the screen. It's just going to wow you. Here it is. Ready? Here it is. We serve a God who encourages those who are discouraged. Ooh. That, I'm so glad you're coachable. (laughs) That is so, so Good, so good that you're going to say this out loud. Now let's say it outside. Let it sink in, wrap its roots around your heart, and just hold on tight. Ready? We serve a God who encourages those who are discouraged. Now, even though you just said that, and it was ooh ah, some of you are discouraged, and it doesn't feel like that's true. It really doesn't feel like God is a God who encourages those who are discouraged, because you're so discouraged, you feel like, God... Do something. I'm just struggling here, and you're just not having it. But maybe you'll recall an experience where you were just down, and you were just laying it out before God, and you're driving in the car. And as you're driving in the car, you turn the radio on, and you decide, okay, I'm going to turn to the Christian radio station. And all of a sudden, the song comes on. It's like, perfect, I can't believe that just came on. And if you're like me, oh, and you're singing along and then just start to tear up. And if you're not a mush like me, it's all right. You know, it's like, uh, that's just how, it's like when God squeezes my heart, it's like, I'm leaking, you know. God, you still love me. That was perfect. The timing was just great. Or you're praying this prayer that you feel embarrassed to even say you're asking God for this. You know, it's like so personal, so little, so no big deal. And and then God does it. It's like, hoo-ha, you're jumping up and down. You can't tell anybody because you feel like it's so selfish, so stupid, so little. (laughs) But it was like God was saying, I did this just for you. It's like I said, I see you. And I love you. And I want to encourage you. I love it when it happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen, right? Sometimes we don't get it that way, and yet God still is a God who will encourage. And sometimes the way he does it is like in the verse we just read, but God encourages those who are discouraged, and he sent Titus. And he's gonna do it through somebody else to walk life with you, to be with you in the middle of that pain, to encourage you. And it doesn't feel encouraging yet, but you're not alone And God does this thing. So we're going to move to point number two. Encouragement is a God thing. We just read about how God encourages those who are discouraged because that is his nature. God is love. So in other words, this thing that we all agree with, I love it when I'm encouraged. I love it when I even encourage and it's good. I can see it's good. That is a reflection of God's nature. He is an encourager. And so it is a God thing when we participate in this good thing. All right. So I want to share with you a really fabulous verse. It's in Isaiah. It's a prophecy, and I'm going to lift one line of the prophecy about who it's prophesying about, Jesus Christ. In Isaiah, we read this. Verse 3 of chapter 42. 
A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Let's just visualize this, okay? When he says a bruised reed, you've got to picture those reeds on the edge of a river, right? Reeds with the little tufts on top. And so if it's bruised, picture the reed, okay? It's bruised in the wind, okay? Now you've got the bruised reed. And he doesn't go, lousy reed. You're supposed to give me glory in the wind. And look at you. You're like a lousy reed. He says, no, he doesn't just go snap and break you off, you lousy reed. No. Okay? So hold that image. He instead holds you, the bruised reed, while you heal. You don't have it. You can't hold yourself up and give him glory. But he's going to hold you. You may be not even aware that he's holding you while you're healing. The next image is this smoldering wick he will not snuff out. I want you to picture an oil lamp, an ancient oil lamp. There's a wick running through it, and it's lighting the world, its world. We are the lights of the world. But what if it's now going out? And this flame is getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Now that all that's left is it's starting to go, with the flame gone, it's starting to go to a red ember, and there's smoke irritating all those around them. You're discouraged. The light is out. And smoke's just irritating everybody. You're not the light of the world anymore. It's like, oh. And, and this is what Jesus does not do. He says, you lousy light. You're supposed to be the light of the world. Psst. He doesn't lick his fingers and snuff you out. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Here's what he does. Oh, oh, oh. Get away, smoke. And maybe put some oil in. There you go, there you go, there you go. That's what he does. Because he's a God who is a God of love and he will encourage you. Now, he may do this directly to you, with you, but he might be using other people. Point number three. Encouragement is a godly thing. So we said it's a good thing, it's a God thing, it's a godly thing. So these are the steps we must take to reflect the image of God, which is that he is an encourager, he's the God of love, and if we're following Jesus Christ, we're reflecting the life and image of Jesus Christ where it becomes more like us. Something inside of us has to shift to where we are encouragers of others because it's a godly thing. All right. coaching you right now. Another big statement is about to come. And here's the statement. Encouragement is one of the most spiritual things we can do. All right. Now you are coachable. Now somebody thinks that's really stupid. But all right. Those of you, now say this with me. Let it get down into you. Say it out loud. Encouragement is one of the most spiritual things you can do. Jesus Christ is right all the time. And he's walking around in a world where everybody's wrong. And he didn't go around going, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're really bad. Come follow me. That doesn't work. He loves people. He encourages people. He connects with people. I see you. I love you. You're valued. You're made in God's image. You need help. I'm here for you. And encouragement is the most spiritual Thing we can do. If we want to be like Jesus Christ, we got to get better at this. That's me. I got to get better at this. 
okay? So I have steps to take. Here are some three, three things that I want us to think about as we're trying to do some specifics. A on your outline is this, encourage others daily. Encourage others daily. We read in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 13. Be, uh, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So apparently, if we're not around people who are encouraging us with regularity, the world gets at us, the darkness gets at us, the stuff gets on us, and we're going to get discouraged. In fact, our heart's going to become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, the lies that we hear. Okay, I don't want to bring you down to this discouragement place, but I just want you to see that this is so real. If you remember back when you were a child, every one of us can remember a phrase that was very discouraging to us. What was that? Don't tell me. But you remember when somebody said, you, da-da-da-da-da, and it just, you can't forget that. It just still lingers. Now, there are discouraging things that are said all the time. Now, I can receive 151 compliments, but the one negative statement is what I hang on to. It's like, ah, oh, it just clings to me. My heart gets hard, right? And my thin skin gets thinner. When God says, oh, you got this backwards. You're supposed to have a soft heart and thick skin. And we need to get a hold of this. So the way we get a hold of this is to be better at encouraging one another. Ooh, try that again. Encouraging one another, how often? Daily. So this is an ongoing thing we've got to learn how to do. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to fix it? When the world around us is tearing us down and the negativity train is sweeping us up and we're on that train, how are we going to get off? How are we going to be encouragers? What are we going to do? Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 reads, Let us think of ways to motivate one another, to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Hey, by the way, congratulations. You've already obeyed this verse. You didn't neglect meeting today. You came today. You gathered together. I'm hoping that when you go away, you're going away thinking, I'm really glad I came. That was encouraging. I was fueled, I was encouraged, and God it spoke to me. I hope that you, by coming, validate this truth, that you didn't neglect it, and as a result, you're kind of stimulated. Now let's just do some brainstorming here because let's think of ways to motivate one another. All right, Whew. okay, we've got to encourage each other daily. What are some ways we can do this? If you're like me, and you're an introvert, and you're task-oriented, you might try this and everybody else thinks, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I mean, it's not for you because you're like an extrovert, you're a people person, this would never even occur to you. You take out your phone, you put on your task list, encourage someone. <laughs> and then you hit the repeat button and you say, I want you to repeat this every, every day at such and such a time. And this thing goes, gling, it's like, oh, oh, encourage someone. Oh, what a great idea, who should I encourage? All right, so I'm just brainstorming here, okay? So maybe you're not like me, you've got some better ways of making this a habit, because we're talking about making this a daily habit where we really do, I see you, I see you too. And you say, I'm here. Rather than the reverse, I'm here. That's out of order. That's not what it's about. No, it's I see you. You're allowing that person to enter into your existence 
and now you're connecting, okay? Encourage one another. I mean, there's all kinds of ways we could brainstorm. I don't know what it's going to look like. You go to fast food right afterwards, and then all of a sudden the thought hits you, oh, it might be encouraging if the person behind me got it paid for. I know you didn't think of that, and you wouldn't have thought of that, but when you go to fast food, the next time you might... It's like, oh, wow, that could be encouraging. What if we started a whole encouragement line with strangers? Like, here's 20 bucks. I want you to apply the $20 to the order next, uh, right after me. And the person comes through. you got to be kidding. Can you imagine in Cottonwoods? Like, one after another after other. It's just uh, like a spontaneous encouragement, generosity, boom, 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 boom. All right, so we're just brainstorming. <laughs> it could happen. Maybe you could, and you would go, that was really fun. I want to see what else I can do to encourage somebody. I'm just brainstorming here. So however you can do to get this to become something that shifts inside of you to be encouragers. One guy, I think it was God, who reminded him. (laughs) God reminded him of how he went into the field of his education because of a particular teacher that encouraged him. And he was reminded that, you know what, I never told her how big of an impact she had on my life. And that's why I think it was God that prompted him. He put out a handwritten note. Do you remember those? (laughs) A handwritten note and sent it off to his teacher about how she inspired him and that's why he went to this college and he just wanted her to know. And then he quickly received this handwritten note back and it was hard to read because it was all shaky and in a scrawl but he read it word for word and here's what it said my dear willie i am now an old lady in my 80s living alone in a small room cooking my own meals lonely and seemingly like the last leaf of fall left behind you will be interested to know willie that i taught school for 50 years and In all that time, yours is the first note of appreciation I ever received. It came on a blue, cold morning, and it cheered my lonely heart as nothing has cheered me in many years. Every one of us can bring that life and encouragement to someone. All right, so some of you are thinking about this. You're taking out your phone. All right, <laughs> encourage somebody today. Bing! Oh, who's it going to be? Oh, yeah, this is an idea. All right, be on your outline. Now we take this concept of encouraging one another, and we want to ratchet it up a notch, encourage others spiritually. So you take the same encouragement that maybe you would encourage somebody with, and now you figure out, how could I ratchet it up just a little bit more to encourage somebody spiritually. To get at this a little bit, here's Paul writing in Romans chapter 1, 10 through 12. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. But I also want to Be encouraged by yours. When you get this thing working, you encourage somebody else's faith and you are encouraged in your faith. And it's kind of working back and forth and you are growing in the process. So what does this look like? It could look like this. I'm just going to give you one example. Here's a regular encouragement. You go to your son's soccer game or your grandson's soccer game, say, and he had an amazing game. And he had this, he scored on a great cross and he 
put it right into the corner and you see, you shout from the sideline and after the game you go to him, man, that was an amazing shot. You were so talented. Way to go. All right, that's regular encouragement, right? Regular. Let's notch it up to spiritual. Okay? How do you do that? If you notch it up to spiritual, it might go like this. God has given you an amazing gift. You know that when you play soccer, you're glorifying God. You can Give God glory by giving him your best. And I just saw the best come out of you. That came from God. Now, you just planted some seeds. You lifted it up to realize all of my skills, all of my gifts are gifts. They're not just from me. But you're also encouraged. God gave that to me. All right, so that's just an example. Encourage one another spiritually. The third thing, and this is harder, Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Here's the deal. If you're discouraged, even people around you might try to say encouraging things and it's just like bouncing off of you. It's not even getting into you. You're not even hearing it. Why? It could be that you have negative statements inside of you that you believe about what's going on and no matter what they say, they can't pull you out of it. You're discouraged. What do you do? Well, you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, we read about King David. When something happens, it's not his fault, but everybody around him wants to kill him now because their families have been taken away by another army. Their children have been absconded with, and now they want to kill David because they just are lashing out. And this is interesting because hurt people hurt people. Okay? And loved people love people. When you're encouraged, you can be an encouragement. When you're hurt, you're lashing out, okay? So that's right there built into what's happening. But what does David do? He feels inadequate, but he encourages himself in the Lord. And he starts to come with God ideas that sound something like this. It might be, I have faith for this. My God is with me. My God is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? With God, we can go rescue them. And you start to move on the truths that come from the encouragement that come from the Lord. My God will supply everything we need. He is spending time with the Lord. Now, in my life, the kind of discouraging statements that are not coming from others but coming from within me are the hardest ones. And they sound a little bit like this I don't have much more to give, I'm so tired. I don't have what it takes. I'm too small. If I go to the Lord to encourage myself in the Lord, I don't have much more to give. I can remind myself God did not withhold his most precious, dearest son. If he didn't withhold his dearest son for my sake, he will withhold nothing that I need. I can't say I don't have what it takes. God will withhold nothing. I have everything I need to continue to walk with Jesus in the middle of this situation. I'm so tired. Jesus one time said, man does not live by bread alone. And one other time he said when the disciples were wondering because he was so famished and so hungry and all of a sudden he's revived and energized and he's serving and he says, I have bread you do not know about. And he hadn't eaten any bread. I now take that phrase that Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy and, he, and I, man does not live by bread alone. 
And I substitute another word. Man does not live by sleep alone. And here's when I quote it. When I'm really tired and want to go back to bed. And I want to encourage myself in the Lord because I know my life works better when I spend time with the Lord. In that early morning temptation to not spend time with the Lord, not do first things first, is running strong. I quote that phrase, man does not live by sleep alone. Knowing that he is going to energize me, he's going to give me what sleep cannot give me. He's going to give me that bread, that ability to become an open channel through which And this is the most encouraging thing in my life, where God uses me. If God uses you, you can be tired. Man, you want to go. Let's go again. Let's do it again. Wow, that is bread and energy that can't come from food or sleep. I don't have what it takes. God says, perfect. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Through me, you can do everything I'm calling you to do. I'm too small. Perfect. When you don't have what it takes, you will rely on me, and I'm big, and my bigness will supply all the grace you need, and guess who gets all the glory? Perfect. Listen, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We're going to finish with this prayer. I'm going to ask you to stand and read it quietly first. And it's a powerful, powerful prayer, not because of the words, but because of what your heart is trying to say to God. So as you read it, if this resonates with you, I have a few more things to say before we pray it as a declaration out loud. So read this quietly first. This is huge. And I want to remind you that if you're willing to pray it because it resonates with you, this is what you want to be, this is who you want to be, and you're asking for help to do this. Would you pray it with this backdrop in mind that this prayer, as it's answered, will look like specific behavior? It'll look like a step. And you're going to take that step while it's still called today so that you can develop a step that is daily. With that backdrop in mind, would you declare and pray in faith this together? Dear God, you are an encouraging God, a bruised reed you will not break, a smoldering wick you will not snuff out. Here you are, gently breathing life back into my faith, coaxing me back into flame. Here you are, holding me up, while I heal so that I can stand with you to help encourage others. I receive life and encouragement from you. Fill me and use me daily to encourage others. In Jesus' name and for his honor, yours truly, amen. Amen?